I hope George and Peter and the gang at Champlain Taxi don't mind a little Neil Young and Crazy Horse. There's uh, background music. Huh? 271-1111, Stephen Brunt, award-winning writer and broadcaster, author of many, many books. A lot of them on boxing, but not just boxing. Every Thursday at this time, please go local. When you have a chance, when you have a chance to plan a ride somewhere, you could plan uh, days, weeks in advance. They also have a booklet of coupons. They have coupons for seniors. They take a lot of pride in the background of the history of Champlain Taxi. The same families that started it over 50 years ago in the uh, Utrema area are still involved. You're dealing with the people who run the company directly and uh, very easy access to the people who are running Champlain Taxi. They also have an app. They do have an app at Champlain Taxi. And in fact, tomorrow, beginning tomorrow, March 1st. Oh yeah, I forgot about the 29th today. Always, always mark the 29th with the pocket rocket. Henri Richard was a leap year uh, baby, so he, the pocket rocket, I think, would have been 88 today. But as of uh, tomorrow, you use the app, you get 10% off. Use the uh, Champlain Taxi a- uh, app. What is it? It, it? It's it's very, very uncomplicated. You, you should have a similar app somewhere else on your phone. Uh, you plan the ride. You get picked up. You get deposited at your uh, destination. You don't have to go into your pocket. You're going to get a bill. And you know, also, there's room on the bill for comments, complaints, anything you have to say about the ride you just had, and all of that goes directly to George and Peter and uh, the people who run the company at Champlain Taxi. 271-1111, 271-1111, go local with Champlain Taxi, serving Montrealers for over 50 years. The king is gone, but it's not forgotten. Talking about planning music festivals this summer, Ottawa Blues Fest announced today Neil Young and Crazy Horse will be performing there. No Montreal date. There is another festival every summer that is held in Newfoundland, and it's put together by our next guest, Mr. Stephen Brunt. Welcome back. How you doing? I'm good. I was just looking at the Neil and the Horse. They just announced the second Toronto show, so July the 8th in Toronto. Yeah, you get, in the Toronto area, you get the Montreal show that we don't have. A it lot of a lot way. of people play two nights in Toronto and don't and skip Montreal. Yeah, well, his his two nights are though like a month apart, so it's they're not it's not the, the usual kind of uh, the you know the phony baloney. We've actually booked two dates. We're going to sell one first, sell it out, and then we'll bring in. But he, he, yeah, he doesn't get any. I was just looking at the dates here. He does not get further east than uh, than the Great Metropolis here. So you may have to anybody wants to come down and see. I was you know I. I it, you know, they are the, either the, the the best bad rock band or the worst great rock band in the world. I'm not sure which. Well, my good friend but. Lauren Rubin went to see them. The last time they played the Bell Center, Lauren went, and he, he didn't like it. He said there was too much jamming. I said, Lauren, it's Crazy Horse. That's what they do. You missed yeah. the last time he played with his band with with the pedal steel and all that stuff. Uh, this yeah, is, it's not it's not going to be super tight. That's not that's not that's not what they do. But um, but you know you got to you you start to you know not to get too far down the road, but. You start to wonder how many times you're going to be able to see this. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, is he ever going to go out with them again? Or, you know, the world moves on, right? And people get to a certain age, and uh, you kind of got to seize these opportunities when you have them. So the Writers Fest at Woody Point, uh, yes, it, it, it's not just, it's a writers based fest, but it also features a lot of music. Are there still, are, are you like sold out every year, or can people attend, or do they have to be put on a waiting list, or what? Well, we yeah. So writers at Woody Point. Just so if you're looking for it on the web, that's the that's the name. Um, this is our 21st season, 
um, we will put we have a you know, kind of a Facebook page and a website and stuff like that, which kind of will let you know because I, I the the ticket sale date kind of floats around. With the festival is August twentieth to twenty fifth this year, um, and tickets go on sale early May and first come first serve. So we 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 hold back a percentage for people who live you know you've been to the town yeah. um, who who live in town so they don't get cut out. But other than that, it's uh, yeah. There, you cannot buy your way to the front of the line. You, it takes your chances, and it's a 200 seat room. So, you know that it, scarcity is a great marketing tool. I mean, I, I will say that we we will we sold out almost the whole thing last year in about 10 minutes. Okay, so people, you have been warned. Uh, for those of you, especially if you've never been to Newfoundland, I mean, make a two week. You know, you could go through the Maritimes and eventually, as we did, take the ferry. Stephen, you take the ferry all the time, right? That's how you get there. Yep. Well, you drive and you take the ferry. You, you can fly. Some people do fly, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's not as fun. Come on. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, but yeah. you, you can't, you can't, if you're traveling through the Maritimes, that's a summer plan trip with wheels, right? You're, you're going yeah. to the Maritime provinces well, I, and finish up yeah, at the Writers and Woody Point. Yeah, it's a seven-hour ferry ride from the tip of Cape Breton to the lowest part of Newfoundland. Whereas from Montreal to Deer Lake, which is forty-five minutes from where where uh, we are out there in Gros Morne, it's a two and two hour and a bit flight direct from Montreal. So there is that is an option. I'm just saying for right. people who don't want to do the the scenic tour. But uh, beautiful part of the world. We're right in the middle of Gros Morne National Park. So if you see those Newfoundland tourism commercials with the big kind of canyon and uh, all that's 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 us. It's so, stunning. Uh, it, it really yeah, is stunning. Up. And the next time, and there will be a next time. I will go to St. John's first and visit my pal Terry Ryan and hang out there for a few days and then recover on the on the left coast. Where yeah, you I wouldn't assume this back half of that if you're, if you're going to <laughs> town with to the TR. Like, uh, yeah. So uh, last week among uh, topics discussed, it happened on Tuesday. This is a place, Winnipeg, where hockey matters. Uh, I believe that this is a strong NHL market. Uh I believe that ownership has made extraordinary commitments uh, to the Jets, to this arena, to the downtown area, involving hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm not sure why people are now speculating that somehow they're not going to be here. Uh, at the end of the day, we could go through a litany of reasons that either are true or speculated to be true as to how the attendance situation got to where it is, kind of doesn't really matter because teams go through different ups and downs. Well, of course, when they own, uh, their own team president goes public with the absolute need to increase the season ticket sales, you can understand why people start to speculate, Stephen, if you yeah, want to take why, it from there. Why would people think that, right? They, you know, Mark Chippen got out, went public all over the place saying, we've got a problem here, et cetera. It might not be viable. So the reason people thought the alarm was being sounded was because the owner of the team sounded the alarm and Gary Bettman in a, a new role for him as the good cop comes in and reassures everybody in Winnipeg. So I was on Winnipeg radio that morning before Gary spiel and you know, they, they would, you know, everybody there fully expected to be threatened and scolded and told it was their civic duty and reminded of the past and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, Gary, no, Gary came in soft and, uh, and reassuring, which, you know, like, I think what he's saying is, you know, for the most part, true that they're not the team's not going to move anywhere um, for a bunch of reasons, and it is a place where hockey matters. I'm not sure that that's you know necessarily first on Gary's list, but it, it it's it, you know, I, and maybe look, I you know, I, 
maybe they've learned something here. Like, look, and you know, look, you know as well as anybody, anybody in Montreal who was around through the Expos thing, the whole however we want to describe that, you, you can't, in, in selling tickets for a sports, for sports or for probably for anything, but definitely for sports where it's about, you know, part of it is about attachment, right? That, you know, going more than once. It's not a one-off like a movie or a, even a concert. You, you, you're, you've you got to kind of commit to a team emotionally. But you can't make people do that by threats, you, you know, or, or, or playing or, or trying to play on their guilt or their civic duty or, you know, it's, that's, that doesn't work. It's never worked anywhere. Like, it, you know, you might get a ticket drive or something. You might be able to, you know, feel like, boy, if you, you know, if you don't buy a ticket, we're going to shoot the puppy. But it, it's not, a, it, you know, it's not just not viable. It's not a good, it's not a, you know, it's not a marketing, a, a workable marketing technique. And so maybe they've learned, you know, maybe they've learned. And, you know, it's, again, I would say cry wolf, except that they did move a team out of there once. So it's not exactly crying wolf if he did it. But. I, I I think you know the posture he took is appropriate. You've you know you've got ownership there that you know up until the last couple of years people you know they saluted them, they chanted you know yelled True North during the anthem, which is the name of the company. When that when that when those words came up, that was a tip of the cap to the people who brought the team back. And I you know I've read a lot of stuff since about people complaining about. The, the amenities at the arena, the prices to a degree, although, you know, the market sets the prices uh, and not just feeling not appreciated, not treated particularly well in terms of customer service. Like that's sure. That's legit. You can, if, if that's true, um, downtown Winnipeg is, uh, you know, is a tricky part of the world right now. It's, you know, it's, it, the arena is in a, in a rough part of town. It's a pretty rough town in general. So that works against them. But, you know they're not going anywhere. So you know, so you know, maybe Gary coming in and not playing the villain, playing the playing the good guys, uh, well, it can't hurt. Yeah, and instead of public threats, you 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 do it the back channel way. You you set up meetings and you talk to your business leaders and say, what can we do to make it easier for you to commit to us? Correct. Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Because if you don't have the business guys, it, you know, forty like like I I like hockey. You like hockey. I like baseball. I like football. You know, I, I I have baseball. I, I I buy twenty pairs of baseball tickets a year to see the Blue Jays, and that's uh, that's more than I can manage, frankly. Like I, you know, I divide them up with my kids and stuff like that. But how, you know, how many individuals who don't have a business rationale for it are really going to can you know a, a can afford and b can you know justify forty games a year times two tickets? It's a lot of dough, a lot of time. So you need you know you need the business community and. We talked about this the last time. It's just, you know, it's it's the three. There's about 750,000 people in Winnipeg. It's not a huge corporate center. Um, you know, you're you're probably hand selling those tickets to small and medium sized businesses. Uh, last time we uh, spoke, uh, we we finished up before I could get to spring training. The games have started, and uh, the much anticipated Alex Manoa debut in the spring did not go as planned. He hit three guys. He didn't make yeah. it through. What he didn't even make it through the second inning. I don't think. No, he hit his pitch. No, he, he went one two thirds. It, it was very yeah, nucleus, right? It, it, he like didn't know, <laughs> did not know where the ball was going. Um, again, it's interesting. The, he he's in great shape. Like he looks different. He's transformed physically from the way he looked last year. Um, but as you know, as you well know, pitching is not purely a physical act. It is uh, there are whole. It, it is an art form. Um, there is an emotional component to it. There's certainly a you know a the, the issue of confidence and belief, like all of that stuff, this kind of, you know, it's what, why I like 
one of the things I like about baseball is that uh, even the best pitcher in the world can't go out there every day and do it exactly the same way. And they don't necessarily know until they get out there what's going to happen. And then, you know, the batter's reaction, the hitter's reaction, there's a whole other set of variables. So you had a guy who you know, came out of the minors massively confident. Like the first, he first started with the Yankee Stadium. He showed up, you know, decked out and, you know, he, 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 he acting like he'd been there forever, right? like acting like a star, and then he backed it up. He went out there and just and you know I don't know if you remember the All Star game where they had him live mic'd yep, on the sure broadcast. Yep. Like you know, not a kid who lacked, you know, chutzpah, right? Like he's he. It, but last year, it, you know, he he showed up in, in spring training. You know, he he was a star of the year before. He's a All Star. Comes he's overweight. Wasn't quite right. Wasn't quite right all spring. Just everything. Well, it's just spring. And what, but what was wrong with them? You know, it's, it's, it's almost easier if you, you know, blow out your UCL and everybody can say, well, clearly what happened is he blew out his UCL and now he needs Tommy John. But what if you're physically intact and you just can't do it? And, you know, how that plays on somebody. So you're, you're, you're kind of watching the guy break down mentally and emotionally through the cor- over the course of a season. They sent him down twice and, you know, it didn't fix anything. And then the end of the year, he didn't, wouldn't report to AAA and, you know, didn't really pitch you know, the last two months of the season. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, they, they, they came out of that and said, look, his velo's up, which it is, you know, he's, he was kind of sitting 94, 95 last year. He was sitting 92, 93. So that's good. Nothing wrong with him mechanically in that sense, but you know, it's good. And everybody's going to try and baby him along through this and say, yeah, he looked where we're encouraged by what we saw. But man, I remember the spring that Ricky Romano fell apart, you know, a guy who was an opening day starter and an all-star. And he just lost it one spring, or well, he lost it the year before that. But he tried to get it back during spring, and it was, I think, still one of the most painful things I've ever seen in sport, because he just he couldn't do it, and he never did it again, and he was never the same guy. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to Manoa, but no, there man, is a history of this happening. Suddenly, Steve Bloss was a World Series hero in 1971 with the Pirates. He won 20 games. He won two games in a seven-game World Series, and that was it. He couldn't throw it. a strike. Yeah, and pitching coaches, you know, like Pete Walker's a really good pitching coach. Uh, there's all, you know, they've got all the technology now. They've got TrackMan. They've got all that stuff they can use. But at a certain point, you know, you can't, you can't teach it. You can't correct it. It's, it's got to come together in a kind of a, you know, it's kind of like alchemy of some sort. And I, you know, like I hope for the sake of the team and the sake of him that it does. All right, it's but. the complete opposite of being in the zone, which LeBron was last night, which we've talked about earlier in the show about athletes being in the zone. We've all had at uh, lower levels. We've all had those moments. Yeah, uh, and it's the, it's the complete opposite, and it's just it's going to be a really interesting case study moving forward. But I, you know, Mitch, even even if LeBron is enough, he's got four other guys. Right. <laughs> you know, and I know there's eight other guys on a baseball team, but there's you know, but doing that job standing on the mound, it's just you. The significance of the Soccer Canada announcement today. They have a new um, chief executive officer and general secretary. His name is Kevin Blue. Do you know who he is? Uh, I don't know him, but uh, resume-wise, you know, he is a you know very accomplished, young, youngish sports business guy. Um, Stanford is a PhD. Ran uh, ran Golf Canada, the business side of things. So very, you know, in terms of his sports business credentials, they are impeccable. Um, he's not a soccer guy though. And I, and again, I don't, you don't have to necessarily be a soccer guy to run the business of soccer, but to, given the kind of timelines with, with soccer Canada right now with, with, with the world cup in 2026, 
and the shambles that uh, th- that is the the uh, the off the pitch stuff and the lawsuits and everything else that's going on. Um, it's going to be a hell of a learning curve for this guy. Uh, like I don't care how great his sports business and marketing skills are, you know he's got to fix some stuff that I think it would be easier to fix if you knew people in the sport and you knew the sport and you kind of knew where the skeletons were buried. So. I, you know, I, I'm sure he was on, you know, when they, when they did the original hire, they, 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 they hired somebody. She chose not to take the job in the end. He was probably number two in the headhunters list. And, uh, you know, if they'd been hiring him two years ago, probably that would have been fine. But yeah, I, I just, I, I just wonder, you know, I, I wonder if it, like, I think the person who stepped away didn't necessarily like what they saw under the hood. And uh, I, I hope he knows what he's getting into. Well, the, my question to you is, what do you think that that lawsuit filed by the Canadian Soccer Players Association, um, it's not necessarily against Canada soccer and it's not against Canadian soccer business. It's against the 15 current and former Canada soccer board members. I, I just, I, I don't, they're, they're, they're claiming negligence for signing that deal with Canadian soccer business in 2018, but I, I don't know like what the next step or what the fallout could potentially be from that. Yeah, like that was a, like, Again, I, I'm I will I, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't. I know you probably understand that, but I am not a lawyer. But anybody I've talked to about that one, uh, who does know more about the law than I do, thinks it's it's bordering on frivolous. Um, you know, again, the sentiments behind it I get, and the players that's the women's from the women's side, and uh, you know they're not happy. They're not happy about the CSB deal. They're not happy about a whole bunch of things to do with the with, with Canada soccer. I get that, but in terms of suing the board members, which is what they're doing. Who are volunteers, by the way, um, who signed, but the organization signed a deal in good faith with with Canada Soccer Business, and we don't need to go down that whole road again. But you know, they signed a deal that guaranteed them four million dollars in revenue at a time when they weren't generating a million dollars a year in revenue, and they thought it was guaranteed safe money. Uh, and you know, and then the men qualified for the World Cup, and you know, they kind of bet against their own team in a way. But yeah, I, I just think this is a weird way to attack it, and I don't know that it's going to amount to anything, but. You know, it's still it's messy. You know, it's to have players. You know, the uh, you know players essentially suing their own. You know, suing the people, not just the association, but suing the people who ran their organization. Um, it you know sp- speaks to a fair bit of dysfunction, doesn't it? Writers at RuityPoint.com. That's the website. You want to bookmark it to attend Stevens Festival with all his friends gathered at Woody Point on the left coast of Newfoundland, August 20th through 25th. Tickets go on sale in May. They, they, they'll be gone in 10 minutes, so you've been warned. And if not Newfoundland, Neil Young and Crazy Horse at Ottawa Blues and two separate dates in Toronto, no Montreal date yet. Have a great week, Stephen. Thank you as always. All right. Talk soon. Stephen brought to you every Thursday at 410 by Champlain Taxi. Stay local, 271-1111. You're not going to get sudden rate hikes depending on the weather or the bars have just closed or whatever the case may be. And a reminder, they now have an app. And as of tomorrow, use their app. You get 10% off every ride. Champlain Taxi, 271-1111. Mike Johnson will join us after John's update.